You're listening to a podcast by Oak Magazine. I would like to acknowledge the Dja Wurrung people as the traditional owners of the land on which this episode was recorded. I pay my respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine. And I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. Nikki is the co-founder and CEO of Grown Not Flown a digital platform and marketplace dedicated to promoting and selling locally grown flowers and produce. As a relatively new flower farmer, Nikki is using her skills in digital product development and analytics management to transform the flower industry, leveraging technology to aggregate and share industry insights and best practices. Grown Not Flown aims to empower micro and small scale growers to collect and manage their farm data streamline business operations and easily connect with consumers. Nikki hopes to arm growers and consumers with information on the importance of supporting local farming communities, economies and small businesses so they can continue to blossom. Nikki shares with us why she applied for the award, what she has learned about herself in the process and the importance of her project. Let me introduce you to my friend and Victorian finalist, Nikki. Okay, before you get in to this fantastic chat between uh, Nikki and I, because we have really good chemistry, I have to apologize for my audio. I'm just going to give you the heads up. It's really bad. Uh, I didn't check what mic uh, my recording studio was picking up, so it defaulted to my AirPod microphone that is hiding under my noise-canceling headphones. I know. Don't even ask. (laughs) So it's not great. I'm going to be honest, but I really hope you can stick with it because it's such a real. It's it's a great chat as always is with Nikki. Uh, Look, we'll get a transcript up, and hopefully, I'll find some time in the week where I can actually work on that audio and see if we can fix it. In the meantime, uh, enjoy and sorry. Hello, Nikki, and welcome to the podcast again. Thank you. Good to be here. You're probably one of very few, like I think I could count on one hand how many of our guests have been given the honour of twice. (laughs) I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity and I feel like I shouldn't be taking up so much of your podcast time, so thank you for having me again. Oh, please. I'd I'd talk to you three times if we could and who knows, we might talk. (laughs) Now, speaking of twice, though, this is your second year as a Victorian finalist for the Agri-Futures Rural Women's Award. We shared the experience last year together. Um, Yeah, and this time, here you are with another uh, four finalists. Yeah, thank you. And it was something that I was a little apprehensive about sort of actually applying again for the Rural Women's Awards. But um, I think one of the things for me was that I I received a little bit of feedback last year from the Rural Women's um, Awards community sort of um, encouraging me to apply again. And I think sort of off the back of last year, I was going through sort of a lot of personal 
um, challenges during during the actual process. And so I don't feel like I put my best self forward or I didn't necessarily feel proud of um, what what I'd sort of what I'd done as part of that process. And so I wanted to sort of come back, give it another go and um, and yeah, and I and I feel regardless of the outcome, I, I feel really, really proud of of what I presented this year and um, how far we've we've come both myself and, and grown not flown since since last year. And I think there's something to be said about the fact that hey, you know, you've got that courage to come back a second time, but also the fact that you made it through to being a finalist, because that is not a given. Like do you know what I, having been on the other side of it now, um, the sort of due diligence that everyone does, the boxes that have to be ticked, like it's not easy to become a finalist. Um, You've done it twice. And actually when I was thinking about it, if I had to do it again, I'm not sure I would get through. I I think I'd overthink it. Like, yeah, yeah, I just think I'd I'd know what's coming and I'd probably, yeah, overthink my answers or or what I was doing. So um, the fact that you've, you've made it to that top, um, I mean, it's a top five this time around, but, um, you know, to make it that far again is absolutely incredible and, like, you know, a really good reflection. As you said, you were proud of the work that you've done this year so far. Um, I think that means a lot too to to feel comfortable and to really put something forward um, both in interviews and presentations that um, is more reflective of where you're at in yeah. life, would you say? Yeah, yes, definitely. And thank you because I, and it was really scary to go through the process again. And and, it, and exactly to your point that there's no guarantees that just because you did it the previous year that you're going to do it again this year. And there's a lot of angst that comes with that. And you almost go into this sort of like, am I going to feel embarrassed or am I going to go into this shame spiral because I might not get as far as what I did last year, but also you don't, you know, what, what's the saying? It's like a hundred percent of, um, opportunities where you, you know, you don't try, you miss type sort of thing. I I don't know the exact saying, but so I just, I I wanted to give it a go and just sort of see and see how it went. But I do feel like, um, in terms of sort of our business maturity, my maturity, it's come a long way since last year. And, and I feel like, um, and, and again, regardless of sort of the outcome, I feel ready to kind of tackle the world and, and really sort of get the Grow Not Flown um, platform and brand out there and raise as much awareness around slow flowers and um, connecting and uh, with your local flower farmers and, and supporting those local, r- regional, rural communities. Yeah. And even though, I mean, you're still finalist last year, which is in like absolutely incredible anyway, um, but, you know, not sort of going to that next step with the financial backing that comes with it. Um, what have you still seen in terms of growth in your business, like in that 12 months? There's a, it's been, you know, the, the rural women's um alumni and community has been so supportive and so amazing in helping us to get the word out around Grow Not Flown and supporting local flower farmers as well. And so I think that the, you know, the tangible outcomes for us is that we've we've been able to continue to build a really strong brand around Grow Not Flown. Our user base has increased from the media, from the social media attention that we've received from going through the AgriFutures process. And and so we've seen the number of users, the number of flower farmers increase on our platform um, 
hugely. So I think sort of last year when I went through the process, we had users in, I think, around 14 countries. We've now got users in 27 countries and counting. We've got nearly three and a half thousand users and we've got nearly a thousand flower farmers listed on our on our farm. And I think a lot of that wouldn't have happened had I not have gone through this process and even had the confidence to kind of go all in on Grown Not Flown. I think the other big thing has been that I've left my corporate role and I'm now working on Grown Not Flown full time. And that definitely wouldn't have happened had I not have gone through this process last year. Oh my God, that's a massive jump to um, those that have been there before, know it, <laughs> to go from, yeah, to leave that financial security um, of a job uh, and step into your business full time. So in terms of what's next for Grow Not Flown this year, like what's big on your, I suppose, your to-do list or your launch list? Yeah, we have a lot going on. So we will very uh, soon be switching on transactions. So essentially we want to, one of our long-term goals is to remove the need for those micro and small scale growers to have to build and manage their own website, as well as for them to be able to streamline their business, their farming operations. Um, And so Part of that is starting to build out the features within the platform that's going to support growers and consumers to easily be able to search, source and connect with their local growers to buy locally grown produce. So we would like to build sort of a knowledge hub and research centre. One of the challenges being within uh, Australia is that there's very few resources that are actually dedicated to um, the Australian, New Zealand, Southern Hemisphere growers. The majority of the uh, docu- the majority of the resources that are available are very much dedicated to North America, UK, Europe. Uh, and so we'd like to start sort of collating and collecting that data um, so that we can feed those insights back into um, back into our local communities to to sort of help them thrive as well but but in addition to that it's just yet yeah, continuing to build out the the functionality so transactions marketplace adding in digital order forms e-invoicing new transaction types to be able to support the different types of growing so collectives co-ops um, basically just a, a whole farming planning toolkit what like throughout the process if you could pick just one thing um what have you learned about yourself i think Yeah. So I feel like it's been transformative for me as a person as well. I think one of the things that I've, that's really benefited me is having the confidence to own my own story. And I think that probably last year when I went into it, I was almost embarrassed to talk about this passion project that we had. And I was probably, I probably downplayed a lot of the work that sort of sat behind it and, you know, oh, we've got this passion project and it's doing really well. And it was almost a little bit sort of like, um, I don't, it, it, it almost just felt like I was trying to big myself or that I didn't feel like what we had actually achieved was that, um, was that worthy of, of sort of being celebrated or talked about? Whereas now I'm kind of like, no, we've done some really cool stuff. Like we are helping to transform the flower industry and we're helping those micro and small scale growers and we're helping those flower consumers. And we're able to use the app in ways that we never really expected. And one of the examples from that is that with the floods that happened in Queensland and Northern New South Wales, we were able to actually have a look at our map, see where the different flower farmers were that had been 
been impacted by those floods and we were able to reach out to over 30 flower farmers and ask, hey, are you okay? Do you need help? And then we were able to help sort of help them to replenish their supplies that had been lost during that and that was the majority of it having been sort of um, daily tubers but we were able to coordinate and work with we had over 27 different flower farmers also offer to help us as part of that initiative we called it um, the grow it forward initiative but and and it's about feeling proud and telling people you know this is what we've been able to achieve through our platform so I think it's definitely been owning my story and um, and not being embarrassed or ashamed to tell people like Hey, we've we've built grown up flown and actually it's pretty cool. Check it out. Well, first of all, like I noticed your confidence, just the difference between the two years. Um yeah. and we've like caught up and chatted as well in between the the awards. Um yeah. the other thing someone had mentioned you're such a vibe when <laughs> we interviewed and like oh, she's a vibe. And I'm like, yeah, she's so is a vibe. Like I think so you can be confident within yourself, but I also think there's an energy that you can actually give out and infect other people with um, in a good way and infect in a good way, um, not sort of like that. So what is it, The Last of Us show that I'm watching? I'm watching so many zombie end-of-the-world shows just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in case. I saw something the other day where it was like, if the zombies come, I, I don't need to know how to survive. I'm running to them. <laughs> That's, exactly. I'm going to join them. <laughs> Um, it, this is exciting, but my kids and I, we always talk about, well, as a family, who would we take if we could only pick one and, you know, another one of us, who would we take? And I've sort of dropped down the the rungs a few bits. So I've, I've got to keep working at watching these movies and making sure that I stay ahead <laughs> of the game for them and, yeah, that they pick me. <laughs> but anyway, what I was getting at is, yeah, you've obviously got a vibe that, you know, that energy that you give out is actually really contagious and, and people feel people feel confident and, and within your presence, which, which is a really, I think that's an amazing thing to have. Um, the other thing that I'd noticed between us all was – just as you said, the way we downplay our projects, the way we're all apologising, um, like right off the bat, like, oh, look, um, I didn't know if I should apply, like I'm, you know, I'm not sure if I belong here. And like when do we get to a point as women to actually start standing up a little bit more with that? And I mean, I'm probably telling myself this advice too, to actually own that stuff. And like is it us that is pulling each other down? I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's a good question. And it's, and I, and I do think that as women, we're so conscious of how we're present or how we present ourselves or how we're perceived as well. And so I think the easier thing a lot of the time is to sort of, um, little ourselves and so that we're not exposing or yeah, so that we're not vulnerable or exposed in ways that, would hurt us or that could hurt our friends and family if something was to sort of go, um, to go wrong. But it's, I just, yeah, I I feel like I am at a stage now where I'm just going to be unapologetically myself. And I think, um, I'm just trying to embrace my whole self. And, And I know that that comes with flaws, like nobody's perfect. And, and I know that, you know, sometimes I don't deliver information in particularly, um, gentle ways. And it's, and it, and it's probably that little bit of that neurodivergent or not necessarily like reading, um, a room correctly or the situation correctly, or having what I, 
I think we spoke about it last time, sort of I tend to, I've always for a long time thought I had a higher tolerance to conflict, but actually what it was, was that I thought we were just having a conversation, but, but maybe something that I'd said was, came across as blunt or direct, too direct or too or offensive. And, and it's never, it's never the intention, but I think, you know, um, I've been watching sort of a lot of TikTok. I love TikTok. I've been watching a lot of TikTok videos and stuff like that, just and doing a lot of reading around sort of like ADHD and that it's not a deficit, but we should actually be um, celebrating, you know, the diversity of, of sort of thinking and um, and the actual positive attributes that come that come with with those sorts of diagnoses as well and and I think that that's for me it's just sort of stop trying I'm I'm not trying to suppress who I am anymore I just I want to be me and um and that's not gonna uh, not everyone's gonna love that but that's also okay as well well to steal the words of someone else you're a vibe so (laughs) whatever you're doing (laughs) I have never been told that before oh my god it was never LinkedIn to say is a vibe. <laughs> yeah. um, even when you do your, you know, MCs and speaking and, you know, just always pitch yourself as a vibe. I'm yeah. a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> well, <I'm for> it. <laughs> well, it was a quick one. I wanted to keep it really quick, tight and just get a feeling of, um, of, of the experience a second time around and obviously wish you all the best. And um, depending on when someone listens to this, um, we will have announced the winner on Monday, the 3rd of April. Um, There is an event at uh, six o'clock at um, Parliament House, I believe in Melbourne could be, wrong it depends where Siri takes me um on the night <laughs> but yeah. um yeah look well done you for for making it to um yeah to the final five really um it's yeah, incredible absolutely incredible thank you thank you I appreciate the opportunity and um yeah I'm excited to to find out who the winner is and I think all the finalists are just such incredible ladies and they've got such incredible projects and I don't envy yourself and the other judges I think that it would have been an incredibly difficult um decision but I, yeah I look forward to it and finding out and celebrating and you are yeah. you're an amazing cheerleader that's the other thing I think that's um yeah that's something that I appreciated uh, last year and um yeah just I'm going to embody that as well and try and be a, a great cheerleader for everyone involved uh, this year so well done no doubt I'll see you in a couple of days yeah <laughs> Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win. You can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now, you know, a friend of mine.